Listener Production. <clears throat> Take it away, my dulcet toned dance. Hello, Gistners, and welcome back for another episode of Just the Gist, a weeklyish podcast where Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a topic we think you'll find worthy of bringing up at a dinner party to dazzle, astound, and entertain your friends and family. Uh, this week, I'm going to be taking the lead, and I think the best way to introduce you to the story that I'm going to be sharing is to tell you the first headline that I read, which tickled me in the way certain topics sometimes do, and led me down the rabbit hole of investigating what this all meant. The headline read, Wandering Beast of a Bog Wreaks Havoc on Minnesota Lake. <laughs> Is this about a killer pig? No, wait, that's a hog. What's a bog? A bog. bog. Isn't a bog just a mud pit? It is, yes, and I'll explain a little bit about it, but more importantly, I don't know about you, but where I grew up, a bog was one of the preferred terms for a borry or a grogan or a turd. Yeah. And that is why I found that headline so incredibly amusing. Like you do say, like, after a big night, you always feel better after a grog bog. Correct, yes. The more you know with Jacob Stanley and Rosie Waterland. <laughs> so up front, I'll tell you, there is a little bit of a um, toilet humour warning. <laughs> I know how much you appreciate toilet humour. It rarely does anything to amuse me, but in this case it definitely <laughs> yes. did. If you're not a fan of toilet humour, it's okay. There is still an interesting story here. If you are a fan of toilet humour, I think that you're going to find all of the different headlines that I'm going to share with you absolutely hilarious because obviously in the USA, they do not use the word bog to mean turd. To mean turd. So is this going to be like when you did the saxophone and you crammed in all the sax puns and when you did, um, what was the other one where I couldn't stop laughing? Oh, the dancing plague. Yeah, when you did. All the, so we all had the all the dancing cinnamon. puns, then we had all the saxophone music puns, and this week we're getting all the poo puns. Yes. <laughs> sort of, kind of, not really. I didn't write any of these headlines and quotations, oh, okay. but <laughs> they all, right, all feature the word bog. Um, and you can go ahead and mentally switch out the word bog for whatever selection of um, fecal euphemisms you would like. Turtle head. <laughs> sisters when I say like when you're really busting and like someone's in the toilet and they're taking forever we always go the turtle head's nudging hurry up (laughs) (laughs) oh my god this the depths we've already sunk to and we haven't even got to breaking news yet I knew that this was going to happen. I mean, I was absolutely amazed that um, you didn't take the opportunity to make fun of the wind instrument episode that I did a couple of weeks ago. I can't, I can't believe you picked a topic about shit when I'm literally losing my mind halfway through my two-week quarantine. Like, I might not make it to the end of this episode, but okay, let's do breaking news. And to be clear, it is not about shit. Yeah, but it already is in my mind. Okay, good. All right. Because every time you say the word bog, I'm going to think of a massive grog bog. (laughs) Good. That'll make it extra amusing. All right, take away with breaking news, please. Get my job out of the way so then I can relax. Okay. (gasps) Breaking news, breaking news. I got the scoop. See, extra, extra. Read all about it. Breaking news. 
news. Okay, so this one is because obviously I'm stuck in lockdown, so I've been watching a lot of TV. Lockdown, mm. by the way, or quarantine, I mean, it's intense. Mm. Like, because I'm not allowed out. I'm not allowed yeah. outside. I got excited when I took the rubbish out because I got to walk, like, down to the main road and I was like, hello, world. And then I just came back in and that's mm. what I'm doing day in, day out. So yeah. it's very And on strange. your own as well. Yeah, because... For a lot of people, it's fortunate that they do actually have someone that they can spend time with while they're going through this, whether they're mm. in Melbourne or Auckland or wherever. But, um, yeah, you've got it real hard on your own. Well, yeah, I even snapped at people from Melbourne the other day because I put up this thing about how hard it is being in quarantine and Melbourne was like, oh, that's all of us. And I was like, no, it's not. You can exercise for an hour. You can be around people. You can go to the shops. You don't know what it's like at all. <laughs> like, I got, like I've been, it's been a little intense. I've mm-hmm. had some emotional meltdowns to Caleb on the phone and Caleb obviously and me, we're both really strict about following the rules, but Caleb especially. Mm. So that's why I'm here by myself because he's gone to stay at his parents because I have to be, you have to isolate alone. And yeah, it's very strange. He came and dropped some stuff off yesterday and um, some groceries and he stayed for a little while. So he, he went into the back and got one of the outdoor chairs, which I haven't touched or like, it's no surprise I haven't been taking advantage of going outside in the backyard (laughs) so he went and got a safe chair and brought it and put it in the driveway and he sat in the driveway and I sat in the front door and we were about five meters apart (laughs) we just talked for a little while and I took a photo of him and I was like oh let me post this cute photo of our really sad socially distanced date but he wouldn't let me post it he's like no no we shouldn't encourage people to be hanging out with people in quarantine, like he was really strict about it. So I didn't post mm. it. I just told hundreds of thousands of people yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he was dropping off groceries. He stayed for half an hour, five metres away. But, um, yeah, it's very, very strange. Yeah, so I've been watching a lot of TV, which I always thought, you know, oh, if I had to go into quarantine, what a dream because I love watching TV all the time anyway, so it'll be so great. And even I'm at the point where I'm like, I can't. No more television. I can't. (laughs) I suppose I could be working. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, (laughs) ha, (laughs) ha, ha. No, it's really hard. Crazy talk. It's hard to explain, like, because I work from home anyway, because I, you know, I'm Mm. a writer, so I work from home anyway, and I've always got big projects that I'm working on. But um, something about being locked in a house like this, it's... I have found it so hard to get any work done the last week and I feel like I'm probably Mm. not going to get any done for this week because you just can't, my brain isn't, it's like your brain shuts down. I don't know what it is. So, Mm. but I have been throwing out like ugly things of Caleb's that I don't like before he gets Good. (laughs) (laughs) Does he listen to this? No, I doubt it. (laughs) Um, I think he does sometimes, but um, you know what he's like, he's, He's only interested in, like, racing and antique boats and, mm. I don't know, news. Fountain pens. Fountain um, I pens. want to see pictures of the things that you're throwing away, please. <laughs> no, I'm not really throwing. Like, I'm, I would never throw anything away that's, like, imp- I would never throw one of his model boats away or anything, like, but, I mean, just, like, just ugly things that I don't like. Because mm. I'm doing all the unpacking, so I feel like that gives me permission to, you know... Yeah. Get rid of some you things. Get, 
artistic freedom. Like this pair of jeans that he put on once and I told him if he ever wore them again, I would break up with him. They may have mysteriously <laughs> disappeared. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, so, yes, I've been watching a lot of television. Um, and I watched um, the new Dirty John. Did you watch the original Dirty John? No, I only listened to the podcast. I didn't know it was a show. Oh, yeah. So they turned it into like a mini series um, starring Eric Banner and Connie Britton. So Eric Banner was oh. Dirty John and Connie Britton was the lady. And it was so good. It was so amazing. And so now they've turned Dirty John into like a franchise. So they're going to do a mm-hmm. different kind of true crime thing each series and so the first time it was dirty john dirty john and this time it's dirty john the betty broderick story and it is so good i'm obsessed with betty broderick do you know who she is no clue whatsoever. I really should do just the gist on her. But, like, she's basically this woman who married her husband in, I think, like, 1969, was um, a lot like Betty from Mad Men, actually, was raised to be a housewife, trained that that was her job. She married this guy. She worked her ass off supporting the him and the family while he went to medical school. Then at the end of medical school, he decided he wanted to be a lawyer. So then she worked her ass off supporting him through law school. She worked all these old jobs. He wouldn't let her use contraception because they were Catholic. So she kept bloody getting pregnant. And he was one of those traditional men who didn't help with housework, didn't help with the baby. So she just worked her ass off for years to support him. And then 20 years into their marriage, he runs off and they finally have money. She's finally sort of getting the benefits of everything she put her whole life on hold for to support this man and her husband. And he runs off with his secretary and divorces her and she goes crazy and kills them. Oh. Yeah. And, okay, it was a really big story at the time in the 80s because she killed them in I think it was 1986 or 85 that she killed them both. Mm. You get really conflicted because it sounds like this man was a horrible, horrible man who did take advantage mm. of her, did treat her like crap. She, like they say that she was technically like emotionally abused for her whole marriage with him and she just got to the point where she cracked And when he divorced her, he left her with, like, nothing. And so she kind of just ended up... But then also, she seems crazy. Like, she seems Mm -hmm. like a complete nutbag. But at the time, in the 80s, there were a lot of women who were coming out of marriages that they'd married into in, like, around the 60s, 70s, and there were a lot of women getting dumped in the 80s by their husbands who were moving on to younger models. And so in the 80s, when she shot them and killed them and she got sentenced to life in prison, people were on her side. Like, she was interviewed by Oprah. She was, like, on the cover of bloody People magazine. She, like, people were like, it is wrong that she got sent to prison. He drove her crazy. Like, he gaslighted her to the point where she lost her mind. Mm -hmm. And um, anybody who's ever had a shitty boyfriend or partner or... It reminded me so much of my time with... Do you remember the... um, How will we... What will we call him? The architect. Mm-hmm. Do you remember mm-hmm. what he did to me? Like mm-hmm. how he, like he, I got so gaslighted and he, he broke up with me, but no, he didn't. He said he needed time to think. And the whole time he kept like sleeping with me, but he wouldn't kiss me because he's like, oh, we can sleep together, but we can't kiss because that will give you the wrong idea. And then he needed time to think. Um, and then he kept like, 
he kept me like stringing, stringing along, but he was dating someone else the whole time. And he only officially told me, okay, I've had time to think and we're officially done when she broke up with her boyfriend and he decided, okay, well, that's a safe bet now. So, and like, but it drove me crazy. Like that, Mm. like couple of months where he was doing that to me, I thought I was losing my mind because when you're getting gaslighted someone like that by someone like that. Mm. And I think everybody has, because I was 20, 21, everybody when they're young or even not, you don't have to be young has a story of being with someone who's made them feel like they're losing their mind. Mm-hmm. And so I think yep. that's, yeah, like I, th- I know who yours is too. Like I think that's why Betty Broderick garnered so much sympathy from people because they were like, mm. I get it, man, I get it. I mean, not to the point where I would go and shoot someone, but, you know, he really messed with her head and she went crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's the nutso a story. I can't believe I'd never heard of it. And Amanda Peet plays Betty Broderick and she does it so well. It's amazing. Now I'm really obsessed mm-hmm. with it. And I've been like looking up the Oprah interview with her and it's so good. Oh, I just did a mini just the gist. <laughs> you did. You basically did an extended intro to an episode, which means yes. you have not precluded yourself from doing an entire episode. <laughs> so you can park that for the future because there's so many details that I want to know. Oh. And yes, sadly, there are many of my friends who have experienced similar situations with men who have classically gaslit them. Yes. Gaslit them big time. And it was, this case was also um, one of the first times when the word gaslighting really came into like the mainstream vernacular, like pop culturally, it sort of became part of the zeitgeist, like Betty Broderick got gaslit. And like, it Mm. was just, it's so, and the series is just so well done because it doesn't make you feel... It's just complicated. You feel sorry for her. You also feel sorry for him. Some parts of the show, you're on her side. Other parts, you're Mm. on his side. Sometimes you're like, he's awful. Other times you're like, no, she is crazy. And um, so I think that's really well done because people are complicated and multifaceted and no one person is all good or all bad. So Mm. can you tell I'm in quarantine and that I'm thinking a lot about (laughs) the TV I'm watching? (laughs) (laughs) It was really good. Very important to you right now. It really is. Um, well, yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait a bit and everyone can sort of watch it and then when everyone's fascinated by it and wanting to talk about it, maybe we'll do an episode in a few weeks. The other news I want to talk about is actual proper news and not just things about me or television. Um, <laughs> so can you believe, do you know what President Trump is doing with the US Postal Service? Uh, surprisingly, I actually have heard a little bit about this sneak into some podcasts. I've been trying to avoid the news, but I understand that because he knows that if a postal boy goes ahead, he's going to lose. He's basically trying to shut down the US Postal Service. Yes, it is just, and he's not even trying to hire it. Like it is just outright fascism, what he's doing. Mm. It's okay. So I looked into it because I kept seeing all these photos online and on Twitter of literally trucks driving into neighborhoods and taking all the post boxes. So like our red post boxes, it's like if a truck drove around your suburb and took them all. So there are photos online of big trucks just, and they've taken all the post boxes from the neighborhood. And I was like, what is going on? Like, how is that allowed? Like, I didn't get it. So I looked into it. And so basically what happened was, yes, Trump knows that 
because of COVID, a lot of people are going to need to mail in their votes or are going to want to mail in their votes. Because in the US, the kinds of people who are following the rules about COVID are people who don't vote for him. The kinds Mm. of people who will just go and vote anyway are the ones who are like, you know, masks, take away my liberty. Like, you know, like, (laughs) I'll go anywhere I want. Like, and so they're not the people he's worried about. He's worried about the people Mm. who would mail in their votes. And so first he tried to get mail-in voting um, made illegal. He was like, if his thing is, oh, if people can mail in votes, there's too much um, room for fraud, which is ridiculous Mm. because mail-in voting has been a thing in the U.S., forever and they've even um, found that he has done mail-in voting for like most of the last elections Um, (laughs) and also because in the US it's I don't know if you see but every election year it's kind of a shambles and people have to line up for like eight nine ten hours just to do their vote at a polling place so they encourage Mm. people to mail-in vote just so they can Mm. get the numbers down make sure everybody's vote gets counted so he tried to get mail-in voting banned but like the courts were like, lol, no, you're not the boss of everything. We're not going to do that. And so mm. then he was like, well, if I can't get mail-in voting banned, maybe I'll just get mail banned. And so this is how it, cause, and this, I didn't understand how he could do it. So I looked it up. Mm. A few months ago in May, he appointed a new postmaster general, so the person who is in charge of the US Postal Service. Mm. He appointed a new one and it is a guy who um, is one of his top donors. So it's very much a Trump guy and the minute this guy got appointed head of the postal service he started making all these sweeping changes so he basically was just like oh people don't really post letters anymore so um I'm just not going to accept any funding from the government so the government Mm. usually gives them like you know I don't know like I think they were on track to get a um, bailout. payment. Yeah, bailout, whatever. Not a bailout because they're not at a point where they need a bailout, but they were just going to get, like, help from the Extra government. funding. Of, yes, mm. of about, like, $20 billion or something. This guy said, like, oh, no, we don't need it. And then he also just um, started getting rid of all the mailboxes because he's in charge. So he was like, oh, yeah, we don't need postboxes anymore. So he just sent trucks around to go and get rid of them all. He also went into the mail, like, centres and got rid of all the mail sorting machines. So, like, when Mm. your letters get picked up, they go to a distribution centre, it gets put into a machine that sorts where everything needs to go. Um, He started getting rid of all of those. So he's basically gutting the US Postal Service so that, things can't get sent and that mail-in ballots won't get through. And the crazy thing is they, when questioned, the US Postal Service kept denying it. They just kept going, you know, people don't send as many letters anymore. This is just a logical restructuring of the Postal Service. Like, it's ridiculous to say that it's about voting. Like, that's silly. But then Trump, I don't know if because he's just cocky or an idiot. I wrote this quote down because I couldn't believe it. He just admitted it. So he said in an interview, they want $25 billion for the uh, post office. They need that money in order to have the post office work so it can take all of these millions and millions of ballots. If they don't get the money, you can't have universal voting. So he just said it. (laughs) And all these journalists were like, so you just admitted that you're basically closing down the postal service so that people can't mail in ballots so that you can win the election. You I are just... putting an end to democracy. You yes. are 
bringing the prophecy to fulfillment that you will not leave office. And look, I'm not a I'm not a hugely politically inclined person. It's why we don't often talk about this stuff on this show. But this mm. to me has just blown my mind. I'm like this mm. is like some North Korea shit. This is like fascism dictatorship level stuff. I mean this is like how um Vladimir Putin got voted in as president of Russia like however many years ago, and he just changed the rules so that he's going to be president forever. Mm. It's like that's kind of what he's trying to do. I can't even believe that that is happening. America's mm. just gone to shit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> very, very lucky not to be there. And, I mean, there's been talk from the beginning that, you know, the fact that they weren't taking action on coronavirus was to make sure that there was such a huge crisis that it yes. would then push out the election and I think it was Michael Moore who I heard say in an interview that for Trump deferring the election means cancelling the election Right. so he's not going to go ahead and reschedule it, he's just going to assume that he is now in place for four more years if not longer Yes, I I don't know if it's quarantine or what clearly I'm also thinking a lot about this (laughs) (laughs) thinking very deeply about the things I'm thinking about but I just thought that was like important breaking news that he just has basically cancelled the mail. It's mm. scary. It I is. Can't, I'm, I yes. can't imagine what if that would ever happen here and how people here would react if it did. Look, we all know that democracy is not perfect, but it is a system that can definitely work in our favour. And God knows of all the non-politically inclined people in the world, I'm somewhere near the top of the list. But I do really value the (laughs) fact that we live in a country where voting is compulsory. I think that that's really important as opposed to it being an opt-in scenario. And I'm very grateful that there are, at the very least, these different online tools that can help me to select who it is that I'm going to vote for based on the different values and beliefs that I have. My online tool is calling Jamila Rizvi, my best friend who knows everything about politics. (laughs) I always just call her at voting time and I say, this is my electorate. Who do I vote for? And she's always Mm. like, because you know what she's like? She's like, Rosie, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but I am going to tell you that this is the person who best serves your interests. And I go, okay, thank you. Bye. (laughs) That's how I do it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. My last little bit of news is just something that I couldn't believe is a thing. So Alira, my little niece, who's uh, 17, oh my God, she turns 18 in a month, like, which I can't believe. I remember wow. the day she was born. I was yeah. in year 11. We're nuts. Uh, her boyfriend has had glandular fever recently and then Alira got <laughs> really sick, so we assumed it was glandular fever. And um, she was, like, really sick, like, to the point where Rhiannon said some days she was crying, she was so sick. And Alira's a tough mm. kid, so I was like, oh, my God, she must feel terrible. So Rhiannon um, took her to the doctor. I mean, there's not a lot you can do for glandular fever, but she took her to the doctors and um, just to get it confirmed. And the test came back and they were like, no, she doesn't have it. And Rhiannon was like, well, what is it? And the doctor was looking in her throat. He said, oh, it's definitely tonsillitis. And Rhiannon said, no, she had her tonsils removed two years ago. And the doctor started laughing and he said, well, I'm looking at them. And Rhiannon was like, what? Did you know that tonsils can grow back? (laughs) (laughs) What? Head explosion. Her tonsils grew back. No way. Yes. So she had terrible tonsils her whole life, tonsillitis constantly, and our public system is so weird about tonsillectomies. It took a long time for them to finally agree to take her tonsils out, which they did a couple years ago. 
Mm. And it's like she has, like, her tonsils just, they're zombies. They will not die. Apparently, if the surgeon leaves even the tiniest little cell of a tonsil, it will just come back. Get out. So now I... Now I keep teasing Alira, saying she has zombie tonsils. <laughs> okay, 10% of cases. I'm oh, you're Googling looking it up it right now. now? Yes. One in 10 people who've had their tonsils removed won't know that they have actually grown back after how, four years. How weird is wow. that? Wow. And not only have they grown back, but they're still shit like the first ones because she's got tonsillitis again. Wow. Do you still have your tonsils? No, I got mine out when I was... Um, three years old because I, um, my mum said I, I snored so badly that you could swear there was an 80 year old trucker sleeping in my room, but it was a three year old (laughs) little kid. I had really bad sleep apnea. I was like really sickly and skinny and pale looking because I was never getting enough sleep. And so they, um, uh, eventually, um, went to take my adenoids out so I would mm. stop snoring like an 80-year-old trucker. And then about a week later, something had gone wrong. And I remember this so vividly. We were having KFC back when KFC used to deliver. Oh, they deliver again now, but back then. And I mm. remember I wasn't eating and my mum was like, Rosie, why aren't you eating? And I remember leaning on the side of this chair and opening my mouth and just like a waterfall of blood just gushing oh. out of my mouth and I remember my mum going oh, and screaming and, um, and so then I got rushed back to hospital and my tonsils had become infected and so then I had to get my tonsils out as well oh. it's very and but as far as I know they never grew back yeah I was gonna say next time you go to a doctor just ask them to check if it's there have a look see yeah I don't know how weird Ooh. I want to know now I, c- I cannot believe it anyway I knew that would blow your mind it really did, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Zombie tonsils. That is a good one. Um, hey, just before we wrap up breaking news, can I ask yeah. you a question? Yes. So that friend of mine who has joined QAnon posted something the other day saying <gasps> Tom Hanks is already dead. Um, <laughs> and I did catch wind that, you know, there was speculation that he was one of Jeffrey Epstein's clients and he was a pedophile and... He had fled the U.S. Yeah. to become a Greek citizen because pedophilia is supposedly not a crime there. It is, by the way. <laughs> so stupid. So silly. But, yeah, she and apparently most of QAnon believe that Tom Hanks is already dead. What is that about? I, d- I did not know that. But I will say that the reason he got Greek citizenship is because his wife is Greek. Rita Wilson mm. is Greek. But, anyway... Um, all I know about that is, and if you listen, oh my God, we always talk about you're wrong about, but the latest Mm. episode of you're wrong about is all about child trafficking and how the numbers on it, because of things like QAnon are wildly ridiculous and just this weird speculation, like, cause QAnon people are convinced that, um, child trafficking, like sex trafficking is a thing. And that like something like there's like a hundred million children currently kidnapped being hidden in cabinets all over the world and the numbers are just so inflated and ridiculous and um so i'd say they probably think it's all connected to that right to jeffrey Mm -hmm. epstein and tom hanks i had no idea he was tied into it but Mm. it's so bizarre 
Yeah. Oh, from what I understand, it's because he was one of the early um, coronavirus uh, right. victims. And, and so died. they believed that, you know, he'd actually been arrested. Um, so they believed that all the different footage and um, images that are being used at the moment were pre-recorded and oh he's already God. been assassinated. I think I thought you would have maybe a little bit more detail. I honestly about it, so have I didn't not dive heard. in. No, I have not heard anything about that, but I'm going to look into it for next week. But I also yeah. feel like, you know, with me losing my mind in quarantine, there's a very good chance I'll go down a rabbit hole and next week I will be a QAnon believer. So stay tuned. <laughs> I could come back to you next week with some crazy theories about shit. So fingers crossed I, I don't complain. lose my mind. <laughs> All right. That was a lot of breaking news. So let's end it there. Do, 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 do. That was a breaking news. Okay. <laughs> Time for me to sit back and chill. All right. Um, so are you ready to hear about this monster bog? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think I am. Because I just imagined <laughs> a massive shit. <laughs> <laughs> So, this is going to be uh, my segue. This is going to be my segue, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, go. This is a story that um, I'll be f- just peppering in a whole bunch of different headlines because okay. <laughs> there's comic value just in them alone, in my mind. Okay. Um, so one of the early ones was, Giant bobbing bog threatens docks on northern Minnesotan lake. And... <laughs> <laughs> A bobbing bog. So that's like, okay, I I, I gotta, (laughs) I can't give the shit equivalent of every time you use the word. So keep going. (laughs) Um, The subheading for that story was um, a very well-constructed quotation from a man called Bill Schmidt, who we'll meet a little bit later on saying, there's never been a bog ever seen this large before. It's kind of the wild beast of the North Long Lake right now. Okay, I'm going to need you very quickly to explain to me what this bog is because I'm just imagining a giant floating poo. So. <laughs> All right, so before I do, speaking of grog, um, you might have learnt a little bit about bogs in high school. We certainly learnt about bog bodies um, because, no, um, this is something that they're sort of famous for, the fact that a bog, which is a type of wetland, um, can actually preserve and mummify a human body Uh, really, really effectively. See, that's why the first thing I said, it was like, it's like a mud pit because I know that, um, my family all on my dad's side is Irish and they're from down South from Tipperere, Tipperere. Mm -hmm. And, um, my dad used to always say that, um, we were descended from Irish bog people. <laughs> so that's pretty much what I think of when I think of bogs. Just right. a whole bunch of primitive Irish people in the mud. Yes. So it so, mummifies people. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things that it's sort of most famous for. Um, bogs are one of the four main types of wetland and they're predominantly made up of... Um, a mass compaction of really old sphagnum moss as well as other different plant life um and it's in an aquatic area where the water is sort of acidic so there's very very little bacteria so everything decays very 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 slowly if at all and so they usually grow in swampy areas yeah. um the first thing that came to mind for me was um the bog of eternal stench from the from never Labyrinth. Ending story. 
Oh, I was thinking of the never-ending story. You're no. thinking of the bog of eternal stench, yes. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. where the horse sinks in the <laughs> thing. So you know. that's still too soon. It's never too It's That movie is from, like, 1980. But, okay. <laughs> Did I tell you? Every time I bring that up, everyone says that. I told you, mm. didn't I, that I had to take it out of my comedy show because every time I mentioned it, the whole crowd would just go, oh. And I was like, yeah. guys, <laughs> come on. <laughs> so what I'm picturing then is a bog mm. is basically just like swampy, muddy water, water that's more mud than water. Correct, in okay. a way. So it's predominantly made up of this stuff called peat. And over the course of centuries and millennia, that peat can spread out from a landmass over the top of water. So it's like the bog can grow and grow and grow and grow and grow out over the surface of, in this case, a lake, North Long Lake. And so this particular bog had been growing for about 5,000 years. Only the top 10 centimetres of it was living. Everything underneath it had died, obviously, a very long time ago. And it had just kept growing and growing and growing and growing until one day the water levels were unusually high and the wind was unusually strong and it just broke off this giant chunk of bog and turned it into a big destructive floating island. So it's kind of like how they say in the middle of the ocean, there's all those trash islands, like, like trash comes together. And if you can, sometimes you'll just be in a ship in the middle of the ocean and you'll come across like a one kilometer wide island of trash that just floats Mm. around the world. So it's kind of like that. When you say the first 10 centimeters are alive, but the Mm -hmm. rest isn't, how deep does it go then? Because if it's floating on the top of the lake, then it can't be as deep as the lake. No, but it is still pretty deep. So very much like an iceberg, this particular one at its um, biggest point was about 10 metres from base to top. Yeah. Um, So you only see a certain amount floating on the surface, but there is a lot going on underneath, which is why this thing was so catastrophically um, (laughs) damaging to the people's property on the lake. How big is it? Do you want me to Google that? Am I putting you on the spot? Sorry. No, the only reason I'm asking is um, you're like, it's just the gist, bitch. Yeah. Um, no, the only reason I'm asking is because I'm trying to picture, is this a lake that is the size where you could see the bog, like wherever you are on the lake, or would you just come up to it by surprise? Yes. So it it's big enough that you could be in the surprise. lake and not know that a bog is headed straight towards you. That's right. Yes. Okay. I'm on board. Keep going. I've mm-hmm. got it. I've I've got it. Okay. Cool. Good context. All right. So this begins in October 2017 in an area called Brainerd in Crow Wing County, Minnesota. And by the way, I just want to start off by saying if there's anyone from Minnesota listening to this, I have absolutely no intent to be disrespectful um, throughout this story. Um, I have nothing but love for you, your culture, and your accent. And Does I know that, that mean you you're also about to be love really to make fun of those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just don't how, want it to be interpreted that way. But how do, is Minnesota, do they talk like this in Minnesota? Is that. Minnesota accent? No, Minnesota is famous for the movies Fargo, Drop Dead Gorgeous, and The oh, Mighty Ducks in particular. Oh, oh crap. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, sure. You betcha. Oh, yeah. You betcha. Oh, oh don't yeah. Don't you know? Oh, don't you know? Oh, I still maintain. Sake. 
Kirsten Dunst does the best Minnesota accent of everyone I've ever heard, and she was robbed of awards for um, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I really wanted to watch that whole movie in preparation for this, but I cannot find it on any streaming service really? anywhere. Yeah. Bizarre. Ooh, it's an absolute betcha. classic. It is classic. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. All right. I'm, I've Once got a carny, always mind. a carny. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the Minnesota accent is sort of lovingly mocked across the US. Mm. Um, they're called the bread and butter state because that is they're known for their dairy and they're known for all the wheat that they produce as well. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to post a link that um, is quite hilarious that goes through all the different elements of Minnesota culture and Minnesota language in the show notes. <laughs> so, like I said, this thing was absolutely enormous. They estimate that it would have weighed at least 10,000 metric tons. Um, like I said, it extended at least 10 metres under the surface. Up on the surface, it covered more than 64 acres worth of space. Sorry, no, four acres, which is yeah. the equivalent of 64 tennis courts, if that helps you sort of picture Whoa. the dimensions. Yeah. And what uh, does it uh, look like on the top? So it just looks like a very flat island that's covered in lots of reeds that they call cattails and then hundreds of trees that were dotted so it looks all over like, it as well. Like things are growing out of it. Yeah. It oh, looks okay. like a small piece of forest floating at you. Oh, that, that sounds kind of magical. Yeah. Um, I'll actually send you photos of it and we can post that online as well okay. because it does look very impressive. It is a floating island, but it was a floating island that actually moved surprisingly quickly yeah. and with quite a lot of force and they couldn't predict where it was going to go and what it was going to do. Oh. And a wetland ecologist really put it best when she said, look, a bog that size can kind of do whatever it wants to. Um, <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> so now is the point where we're going to meet Bill Schmidt, who I mentioned earlier. He is the president of the Long Lake Association. Okay. And one morning he got this really panicked call from a local resident who lived on shore and had absolutely no idea what to do about what had just happened. But I'll quote Bill here once again, saying... They said there was this huge chunk of land floating towards them, and they were sitting there having coffee, and it just kept coming. It destroyed their dock and boat lifts, and they wanted to know what to do about it. And <laughs> You went a bit Kermit the Frog there. <laughs> <laughs> Should have practiced a bit more. Yeah, so there was just nothing that they could do. They were literally sitting there having their morning coffee, and this giant island just floated towards <gasps> them, took out all of the property that they owned in the water, and then kept on moving. And it just kept bouncing around the lake, destroying wharves, destroying jetties, destroying boats, consuming pretty much everything in its path as well, oh because the peat was soft enough that it could actually just sort of absorb all of yeah. the wood and plastic that it was coming into contact with. So it was sort of like it was growing as it went. You know what? That visually makes me think of um, all that footage we saw after the 2005 um, tsunami in Indonesia mm. and how you could just see these huge bodies of water that had just collected everything along with it, just moving. And it's like the weirdest thing to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, again, I can post some images of the sorts yes, of please. debris that this thing accumulated as it went along. And it was really very dangerous to be around as well, because like I said, it could move surprisingly quickly and it was really unpredictable. Yeah. So there's even some footage of people who paddled out on kayaks to climb on top of it or to try to get photos close up and it would suddenly change direction and like <gasps> basically take them out. And so it was described by Bill once again as this enormous monster bog coming at you. And I feel like there is such potential here for an amazing spoof horror movie. Um, a giant shit coming towards me. <laughs> Just imagine a giant shit. Just, ah! <laughs> Death by giant shit. Oh. Ah. And so they didn't know where it was going to turn up next. And so everyone was just in a mad panic trying to get their boats out of the water and try to get their boat lifts out of the water and then praying that the bog wasn't going to get them next. <laughs> attack, attack of the giant grog bog. <laughs> ah! <sighs> oh, there has so been much. a few movies that have been made um about bogs so there's the legend of the bog and there's mm. the bog um and they are <laughs> horror movies but they yes. are based around creatures that live in a bog no no we want the bog to, to be to be bog. the villain the bog is yes. the villain <laughs> and can't you just imagine it on an old school like horror poster of a lady like <gasps> and like just a big, like, towering brown mass <laughs> approaching. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh, people are running for their lives or paddling yes. for their lives. Everyone was terrified, but then they got a moment of stillness when the weather calmed down and the wind stopped and the bog came to rest in Over what time bay. period was this? A day or, like, a few uh, hours? No, a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, didn't they have time then? Time what? To get out of the way. Oh, they did everything that they could, but you can't pull your wharf or dock oh, out right. of the water. Yeah. I was imagining all these people, like, you know that scene in um, Austin Powers where the steamroller's, like, really slowly going towards the guy and he won't move and it's like, <laughs> just move? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you mean their property. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. They moved everything that they could. As far as I know, there were no casualties, but it yeah. destroyed a lot of property before it came to rest. And the place where it came to rest was called Legionville. And it was just outside a kid's summer camp. Ooh. Now, this is the point where we're going to meet Randy Tesdell, who is the head of the American Legion. And the American Legion runs a safety camp for kids where they can learn... Um, swimming skills and they can learn how to do CPR and also they can learn how to escape an overturned bus for some oh. reason. <laughs> Alrighty. All right. So Randy, whether he was wearing the hat at the time or not, I'm not sure, but he got a call from someone telling him, Hey, there is a bog out the front of the camp and um, you might want to come down and check it out. And he told the newspaper that he didn't think it was much of a big deal at all. He told them, it's a bog. How bad can it be? Mm. And so he Famous went to last see words. it. <laughs> he was absolutely furious when he got there because not only had the bog destroyed his docks and wharves at the camp, but without getting his input, the Lakes Association had gone ahead and staked the bog down with these 12 metre long poles to try to hold it in place while they had the opportunity. It was the first time that the bog wasn't oh. moving. It was near shore. So they decided we'll just do whatever we can to try to hold it in place so it can't just keep bouncing around and doing more damage. 
but Randy was understandably pissed because, because the he now bog had got this put it right at his front door. <laughs> Four acre piece of shit right outside. <laughs> exactly, making it impossible for anyone to swim or do any of the water sports that the kids would normally do with their camp. And yeah. so this then sort of started the war between the Lakes Association and the American Legion. And then someone pointed out, uh, folks, um, the bog had broken loose from the stakes <laughs> and <Forks>. started <laughs> rampaging oh, around crap. the lake again. Oh, gosh. Oh, for oh, Pete's gosh. sake. Oh, golly. Oh, oh for no. Pete's sake. <laughs> so it's on the move. Yes. The killer then... grog bog is on the move. <laughs> the wind moved it back to that exact spot out the front of the camp <laughs> and it basically ran aground. They started getting quotes from companies um, to come up with a solution for how they would get rid of the bog. The highest that they got was for half a million dollars. The cheapest was for $100,000. They did mm-hmm. not have that kind of money lying around, so they decided, okay, we're just going to have to do this ourselves somehow. Um, yeah. Randy's first idea was, can't we just blow it up? Um, and <laughs> well, Kevin yeah. from the DNR was like, um, absolutely not, because A, it's a wildlife habitat, B, explosives are always illegal in public waterways, and C, it actually wouldn't work and you'd just put a hole in the bog. But what is, what is, how are they going to get rid of it? Like, it- you'll hear they work really, really hard on this. Okay. Um, it was. Very challenging because of the fact that it's super dangerous to walk on. It's very hard to get a grip on. It'd be like if you tried to pick up a bowl of jelly, your fingers are just going to sort of move through it. It's relatively fragile. So they decided they were going to start off by trying to make a necklace to encircle the bog out of big logs and chains. Uh And then they would get all these boats to pull on that necklace and try to drag the bog away. Mm -hmm. Um, They'd been working on this plan for months um, and it became a really huge local news story because so many people were volunteering their time and so many locals were getting involved. Um, They were even being sponsored by an outboard motor company um, (laughs) who gave them like 20 boats to use because they knew they were going to get so much exposure from all of the news coverage. So it's kind of like a, it's like a giant bog net, like a giant fishing net that would just grab it and kind of drag it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lasso. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Reporters and photographers all flocked to the lakeside and the air was buzzing with helicopters and drones. Again, I can send you some of the footage and some of the images because it's pretty amazing. Um, But what's hilarious is really seeing how small the boats are in comparison to the bog that they were trying to pull. The moment came when all of the volunteers in the boats were at the ready They had their walkie-talkies so that they could synchronise. The horn went off. There's so much footage of this moment when all the boats were revving and revving and revving and they also had tractors on land that were pushing with these massive poles (laughs) and the air was filling up with smoke and it was incredibly noisy, but the bog just did not move a single (laughs) inch. Oh, Minnesota. Oh, crap. Oh, no, gosh. So... Try, try again. They once more gave it a crack, but unfortunately the necklace just was not going to work. Um, So embarrassed, they all just had to head home for the night and work out a different plan. Uh, The headline for the next day was Brainerd Bog, not budging. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty solid. It kind of sounds like he's constipated, but yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got back together and decided, all right, <laughs> we've all had this experience. The only way to get rid of this bog is to cut it up into pieces. Oh so. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Sure. Fair. We've all had that moment with a toilet mm-hmm. brush. So they decided they were going to make essentially a belt out of metal cable that they were going to wrap around the bog from top to bottom and then just pull it really tight like Uh, a noose and let it cut through the bog as it went. And that did actually work. They were able to cut off like a third of it. And so the next day the headline was progress made in brain nerd bog battle. (laughs) It's like they're documenting him trying to push out a giant turd. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so great. Okay, yeah. So now they've got two bogs floating side by side, but it turned out that both of them, even the smaller one, was still um, far too big to push or pull away. So they decided, all right, let's try cutting it again with that belt slash noose method, but they just couldn't get that to work. It was beginner's luck when they made it happen the first time. Um, and so once again, they were talking to reporters and said, oh, it's just kicked our butt. Let's just be honest here. We never thought we'd have this much trouble with a bog. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had to come up with new plans. So they kept experimenting, testing, learning. Um, they gave it a crack to stand on the bog and cut it with chainsaws while they were standing mm-hmm. on it. And that worked to a certain extent. Um, they also came Literally up with a really smart idea. Literally just single people standing on it with chainsaws. That's what they got to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly effective mm-hmm. in the end. That worked on just some of the peripheral areas. What ended up being really effective, you know, in art class, when you'd go and get yourself some clay from the big slab of clay mm-hmm. and you'd that use that thing. tool that was a bit of wire yeah. on two bits of dowel. Yeah. They basically made a huge version of that with steel beams and a long metal cable oh. in between them and dropped the beams on either side of the bog. So then the cable just sliced yeah. through it. So then the reports were that the massive bog had been cut into sections the size of large homes, which they could actually successfully move. Mm -hmm. But even though they'd made this progress, it was looking like it was just too late for the summer camp to go ahead. So sadly, despite all of the community's efforts, they had to make the call and say, look, it's just not safe to have this summer camp when we've got this bog here. We've now got 50 giant house-sized shits in the lake next door. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the three-legged stool kept going, kept battling against the bog, and they announced that their strategy was to continue cutting the bog into what they were calling little baby bogs. (laughs) And then they figured out it's probably really hard to pull a bog with a boat because all of the water that you're pushing from out of the boat's engine is basically pushing the bog away from you. So why don't we try actually pushing the bog with the front of the boats? And that turned out to be more effective than anything that they'd done previously, but they were still only moving these little baby bogs at about eight metres per oh hour. And even using 24 boats, it was taking a Where long Where were they time. trying to move them to? They're still just going to be on the lake. They were moving them to different areas around the lake. And once they'd taken them ashore, the plan was to try to secure them in a way right. that they would, over time, reattach to the okay. shoreline. So they were using ropes and weights and everything that they could to try to make sure that the little baby bogs wouldn't go off wandering again. 
Anyway, it took them about a month to actually clear it out. And then finally, there was the headline, volunteers finally move massive bog. <laughs> and there were Yay! celebrations, mass relief across the entire community. Tell you what, though, when you've been really constipated and you finally feel yeah. like it comes out and you know that it's all out, Oh, there's nothing mm-hmm. like it. God, that feels good. Because mm. isn't it the worst, just while I'm on shit, when it breaks off halfway through and then you have to wipe your butt <laughs> for like 10 straight minutes and it just, the toilet paper's never clear. Like you just can't, it's, oh man. Okay. I've been in quarantine too long. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. One of the local bars created a special limited edition cocktail called The oh. Bog, which if you're keen to make it for yourself, it does require a blue energy drink, which I doubt is available in Australia, but you could go ahead and use blue Gatorade or blue Curacao, obviously. Yeah. Floating in that is a green jelly shot that, of course, you're going to make with vodka uh-huh. um, with a little sprig of tarragon in the top yeah. of that. And then um, they served it with dry ice. So if you can get your hands Ooh. on that, by all means, go right ahead. Okay. All of the volunteers were local heroes who featured in the 4th of July parade <laughs> a month later. Oh, that's so cute. And it sort of seemed like they'd won. But what happened to all of those baby yeah. bogs scattered around the edge of the lakes? Well, I actually went through and I read all of the um, meeting minutes from the North Lakes <laughs> oh, Association God, yeah. over the course of this entire time period. Was there a um, lot of So that I could check us. what... They were saying, oh gosh, yeah. So things sort of ended with, it seemed like there was still one of the baby bogs was on the loose. They'd lost hold of it and it was just sort of bouncing around the lake. It was small enough that they weren't too concerned, but I don't know whether they managed to actually catch that one, but all of the other ones were accounted Mm -hmm. for when they wrapped things up. However... Almost one year later to the exact date, on June 13th, the meeting minutes state that they've been having lots of different community members reach out to them, expecting that they would come to their property and remove the bog that had washed up on their property. Obviously, a lot of them had somehow got loose. And so in the minutes, it says, we need to emphasize we are not in the bog removal business for property owners. (laughs) And (laughs) obviously... They'd created a bit of a problem, which you can almost see as a setup for the sequel to this horror movie where these little sons and daughters of the original bog got out there and started (laughs) wreaking havoc. It's like gremlins (laughs) when they all, like, multiplied. (laughs) So we have first we have Attack of the Killer Grog Bog and then we have Killer Grog Bog Returns, colon. Is that what it's called? Colon. The two dots. It needs to be colon. Yes. <laughs> no, then we have then we have Attack of the Killer Grog Bog Two, colon the baby bogs are worse. Spawn yeah, of spawn bog. Yeah, spawn of bog. Yeah, that's good. Spawn <laughs> of bog. And I got to mm. say, I've changed my sister's baby's nappies, and baby bogs are disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. So yeah. that's it. So yes. That is the latest update that I have. I am so curious to know more, though, and I have been scouring the internet to try to find more information. I also did reach out to um, the North 
like association members directly. I emailed them and I also emailed the American Legion to see if they could give me any more information. Um, I am yet to hear back, but if there are updates worth sharing, I will share them in future episodes, I promise. It is so pure and sweet how obsessed you are (laughs) with the Minnesota Bob. (laughs) You read the town hall minutes. And you've been emailing the Legion and the local council. This You've gone Caleb level into this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it got my attention and it oh, held it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, okay. Keep us posted for the there sequel, Attack of the Killer Bog, colon, Spawn of Bog. <laughs> 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 oh, I really needed to imagine a whole bunch of killer shits. Nothing makes you feel better like imagining a whole bunch of killer shits. You truly are a good friend. I'm not going to disagree. And like our favourite person says, if I couldn't laugh at the willy on my arm, I'd be finished. (laughs) If you can't laugh at floating killer bogs, what are you going to do? You're dead inside. That was amazing. I love it. I feel like I understand some things about nature. Mm. Oh, there and we my go. uncle Peter is Unintended. a very successful um, and smart geologist. So I am going to ask him about bogs because that's the kind of thing he would know about, right? They're Surely. of the earth. Hmm. And I assume that's his job, things of the earth. Well, if he's got any additional facts he wants to share with us, we can work it into the um, sequel episode <laughs> about the spawn of bog. Okay. Well, that was awesome. Loved it. Okay, my earphones are about to die. So let's just say, okay, loved it. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Listener.